Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. And welcome back to the Phileas Club. This is episode number, I absolutely know what number it is. It's number 170. We're in August 2021. Uh, COVID is still not uh, gone, apparently. And we have a lot of other things to talk about. Uh, my name is Patrick Beja, and on this show, we cover the news from around the world with people from around the world. Imagine that. And uh, we get their take on what's been happening in their neck of the woods and uh, how the the news has been reported on uh, essentially is the angle we try to take but really it's like our impressions on uh, how things have been going and how it's interpreted in our part of the world as opposed to maybe your part of the world and hopefully that gives a little bit of a, um, a, a different view on those same topics however I do believe that we're going to have a somehow uniform uh, view of, of things uh, this for this episode. As I said, I'm Patrick Beja. I am in Finland currently, but I'm also French, so I follow the news from there. And uh, I'm very happy to welcome back Matthias to the show. How is it going, Matthias, from Germany? Hello, Patrick. Did you know the meme of the dog sitting in a burning room saying, this is fine? Because this is how I've been feeling for the last few months. So to answer your question, it's going fine. Thank you. <laughs> well, I, I might have, at least on some of the topics we're going to cover, uh, a little bit. I, I've, I'm trying to look out for the positive aspects of things. Um, so we'll see if I manage to, you know, maybe douse down the fire a little bit in your room where it's fine. Um, and I'm also very happy uh, to welcome back someone who has evidently been on the show before, but it's been so long, I didn't even remember. Uh, John Beck is with us. How's it going, John? Uh, I'm doing well, Patrick. Thank you for uh, not remembering me. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you very well. I just don't, you know, yeah. everything before my first child was born is essentially non-existent. Um, so that's, yeah, that's the excuse I'm, I'm going to take. And to give you any sort of credit, it, it was in, in the aughts that we actually right. <laughs> did any podcasting <laughs> together. So it's been quite some time. Uh, and you're based in the U.S. on the East Coast. Um, and uh, can yeah, you as about as west of the East on the East Coast as you can get. I'm in the uh, Pittsburgh area. Okay, so uh, Western East Coast is how yeah. we're going to we're going to coin it. Um, and uh, yeah, I, you know what? We're just we're just going to jump in. Thank you uh, very much, John, for being on. And of course, thank you, Matthias, for, for being on again. Um, I think there are really two topics that uh, kind of make sense to cover from a worldwide point of view, and that's COVID and, and Afghanistan. And I, I'm going to try and, as I said, uh, give you a somewhat positive outlook on what's happening on the COVID front. Um, I think it's not really useful to remind everyone what's been happening. Essentially, it, it is encompassed in the meme, uh, my full plans with a picture on one side and then the, the Delta variant with another picture, much more dramatic on the other side, uh, the meme that's been going around. I'm guessing this summarizes the situation for, for everyone. Uh, I, I'm going to ask John first, but uh, I'm sure I know what the answer is. Um, it's, it is, I, I feel like I've had like the best and worst few years of my life. <laughs> like there's so many things that were beneficial of the past uh, year or so. And so many things that were horrible. Mental health is really not great. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I mean, on, on a serious note, uh, we just, just found out, uh, my, uh, my 81 year old mother-in-law who is vaccinated, 
um, has COVID. Oh. Um, it seems to be knock on. I was gonna say wood. I was like bamboo. Oh no, bamboo's wood, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm uh, knocking on wood for for you, so you're good. Thank you. Um, so it, she's she's like got a lot of congestion, but her blood pressure issues and her fever issues seem to have come down quickly. So I'm hoping that you know the the what seems to be happening, and that if you get if you do happen to get COVID with the vaccine, that it is much less intense. Um, we're just crossing our fingers that that is, uh, how it's going to end up for her, but it was literally like in the last two days that this happened. Wow. Okay. Um, well, so this kind of leads me into my, my positive, uh, view on everything, um, which I'll, I'll make a note here that Matthias, when I, I talked to him for being on the show a few days ago last week, he was like, you know, if you're if you're not feeling great, because I had been complaining on Twitter that I'm, you know, not feeling great about many things and I don't sleep because I have two small children and all of that, he was like, well, maybe you shouldn't do the show because everything is horrible. Or, I'm sorry, uh, everything's fine. <laughs> in, in yeah, I'm sorry. Was I ideology. supposed to make you feel better? <laughs> no, I but... was only trying to say that if you invite me on the show, I might have not anything positive to say because everything is fine. Yes, right. I, I agree. I agree. But the thing is... Um, if that is the approach I take to the show, then I might as well stop the show because it's, you know, it's always fine. Everything's fine. Um, but, but yeah, no, I, I thank you and everyone who's been uh, answering my, my distressed tweets, uh, with nothing but kindness and, uh, and looking out for me. But, um, but yeah, the, the, the reason I think things aren't as bad as, uh, we get the impression is that, you know, we, as the collective we of humanity, developed the vaccine in record time. And this is a vaccine, a type of vaccine, the mRNA vaccine, that can be um, replicated for other viruses and, and certainly other variants very, very quickly, much quicker than other, the traditional type of vaccine, which require, you know, I'm not going to go in, I'm not a, a doctor or researcher, but it's uh, much quicker to do that. Uh, they're even testing uh, th this type of vaccine uh, for AIDS, which is, you know, as a person who grew up in the 80s and 90s, completely mm. mind-blowing. Like the idea that we could have a vaccine against AIDS, a vaccine for AIDS, is, is like, it's like you're talking about a parallel universe in the Marvel, you know, universe or something. It's like, no, this is not our world. That, that cannot happen. It cannot exist. So already the fact that this technology came to fruition at the right time now is incredible. And the second part of this is, especially with the Delta variant, Imagine if we hadn't had this vaccine, if we hadn't gotten it as quickly as we did. Um, now, essentially, the, what the Delta variant means is we're continuing more or less how we have been doing in the past year, which admittedly is not great. But um, if we hadn't had the vaccine, it would have been like uh, the, the kind of pandemic that we imagine in movies. It's so contagious and so much worse um, that, as you said, John, it at least mitigates the symptoms and the severity of the of the illness on top of uh, potentially protecting you more than, you know, obviously more than if you didn't have a vaccine. So I really think there's a, a, a silver lining that is not even just a silver lining. We're actually, as bad as the situation is, I think we're actually kind of the 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 glass half empty way of seeing it is we're avoiding the worst but i think we're being saved because the delta variant and maybe another variant is going to show up at some point and it's going to take a few months to develop a new vaccine that works against that if it is too potent or if it evades uh, the current uh, uh, protections but it's like we're we're act this is what kind of winning against such a a, a horrendous pandemic looks like um, herd immunity might not be achievable anymore because of the the delta variant or not in the short term but the protections that were afforded by this uh, uh, this this vaccine are very easy to 
understate, I feel. And that's a fault of our, that, that creates a lot of mental anguish. And of course, you know, it, it, that consideration doesn't necessarily help the people who are in, in, in very dire situation. And certainly, uh, John, I, I would pray for your mother-in-law if I was, uh, I, let's say I, I'm sending a lot of good th thoughts, but yep. it's, you know, it doesn't help the people who are in difficult situations. But I think it's also important to not uh, forget about that aspect of the whole thing. Um, yeah, it's hard to, like, you know, I know, like, I believe the vaccine is doing great. Um, I think, I know that there's the, that, that insurmountable, uh, not insurmountable, but there's that, the, the Delta variant is what it is, right? It's as mm. bad as it is. And, and yeah, we wouldn't be nearly as, uh, uh we'd be much worse if uh, we didn't have the vaccines, but how much of it, <laughs> the badness is, is the other side uh, of the sort of polarizing view of science right now. And, uh, and, and, and I don't know, I'd love to hear from, you know, it, it, the two of you from outside of the United States of how polarized is it there as compared to the United States where half the country thinks the vaccines are evil. I was about to ask if I'm allowed to throw a wrench in your argument there, Patrick, because uh, <laughs> it seems like a reoccurring theme for a lot of countries that the vaccination campaigns are now slowing down and uh, that a lot of people are opposed to taking the vaccine, um, not only to uh, protect themselves, but also to protect others who can't get the vaccine for medical reasons, for example, or all the children who um, the vaccine is not... Uh, the, the there's not enough Dean's research state, on yeah. children yeah. to fully allow tested, them yeah. to get vaccinated yeah fully tested so um at least for us in germany it seems we're stuck around the 60 percent fully vaccination number and the rest of the country says nope nope not getting it you, you screw you, you i'm not getting it really that's that, uh, that's surprising um that you know in germany it seems now you're at uh, 64 fully vaccinated, uh, uh, at least one dose. So, and, and it has been tapering off. Um, yeah. In, in France, there are, you know, like demonstrations against the vaccine and, and stuff like that. Um, but we are at 70% with one dose and it's not, it's slowed down a little bit, but it's not stopped. Um, but there are like, you know, 200,000 people in the streets every weekend saying we don't want the vaccine and we don't want the, the essentially health pass, which is a thing you have to show when you go in an enclosed space to show that you're either vaccinated or you've, you've had a recent test. Um, but I think the, the way I look at it, at least in France, and it was, you know, pretty horrendous the way uh, people reacted to all of this once we got the vaccine. I have to say the thing I didn't see coming was that, you know, I've been tweeting about this, the magical cure, which is obviously not magical, like we, it's a lot of hard work, but we have a tool to defeat it. And it's incredibly simple, incredibly efficient. And the thing I didn't see coming was people saying, nope, I don't want it. It's like, okay, uh, you have a 50% chance of getting the thing and then, you know, good chance of dying if you do. Yeah, but I don't want it. And that I did not it didn't enter my consciousness. And before the Delta variant, it wasn't as bad that people didn't want it because we had a way of mitigating it. But the Delta variant changes all that. Like, we, we need to vaccinate everyone, I think. Like, if tomorrow governments were to announce, okay, well, party's over, everyone has to get vaccinated. I, I was hesitant before because I would think, you know, how do you actually implement that? Like, do you get people by force, you know, with a jab in their, like, go get them in their houses. Like, that. that's not practical, uh, obviously. But I think now I'm thinking, well, yeah, now we need to. Um, well, not, we don't need to go and get them in their houses, but at least get the vaccine uh, mandatory maybe at some point. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. In France, we've been, as I was saying, uh, having a lot of demonstrations against it. But when we say a lot, it's like 200,000 people in the street, maybe, you know, three, four, five times as many actually don't want the vaccine. That's one million people as opposed to, you know, in a population of 70 million. Um, so I think it's very easy to get a distorted view of that and think that, oh, half the people don't want it. 
um, when it's it's a smaller minority. But looking at the numbers in in the U.S. and in in Germany, it certainly has been slowing down significantly. It seems. So I I, I, I don't know. I can only talk for Germany in this case, but uh, even before COVID even was a thing, the number of anti-vaxxers or people critical to vaccinations has been rising over the last decade or so. For example, measles is something you can easily vaccinate against, but for some reason, a lot of um, parents decide, no, we don't want our children to have a vaccination against the measles in the last few years with mm. like these crazy ideas. We do a measles party. So one child has measles, we all get them together, get them all infected so they may have the illness and then we don't need to vaccinate them. Like those crazy ideas have been on the rise for a few years But that years has now. to be anecdotal, right? Um, that, that has to be, a, you know, a handful of crazies that you always have crazies for everything. Like there are people who believe the earth is, is flat, like genuinely believe the earth is flat. So if you're going to right, look for It went from these... crazies to a movement. Mm. Like, you know, you have, you know, it was like, God, I don't even, even just five years ago, it feels like anti-vaxxers was like an incredibly small minority of people. Um, you know, you've got a couple celebrities um, and, and everyone was like, no, they're nuts. And now, it, I, and I feel like it's sort of backdoored into this through the anti-masking movement and mm. now into anti-vaccinations, uh, and it's just huge. And there's lots of reasons, but it clearly is nothing – I mean, obviously it's fear-based, but it's political, and it's not actually backed by anything because – as even now, the vaccines have been uh, FDA approved in the United States. The reasoning why, which used to be, well, it's not FDA approved, so mm. it can't be safe. Now that it's quote unquote safe, the they've moved the goalpost, and it's a different reason now. So it is it is much more than anti vaccination itself. I feel like it is a movement of people who that is a sort of tool of like anti government. Uh, anti basically don't change my life, even though, sorry, reality is changing. And just to answer your question, Patrick, um, that those parties may be anecdotally, although I've heard a lot that a certain um, cities are, or parts of certain cities like Berlin are famous for the alternative lifestyle, eco crazy <laughs> parents who do this but uh, at least for the number of vaccinations and on measles there are statistics uh, that clearly show that the number of people vaccinated against measles is declining mm. and a few years back there was an urgent call from the government or health officials who say we're dipping below the herd immunity level uh, we are in clear danger of um, getting back the measles if you if we don't uh, counter this uh, not getting vaccinated trend so at least that one is not yeah. anecdotal mm. well i think we'll we'll see what happens in the fall and when we get them i, I don't know i don't know you've managed uh, to to set me back a little bit in my in okay, my okay wait 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 positive. patrick patrick <laughs> what what blessing has come to your life out of the changes that the pandemic has wrought oh my life hasn't changed a lot I, I already live like a hermit in the middle of the forest uh so i guess everyone knows what it is to live like me now i don't know but i'm happy you know i, I don't like people i i often say I'm, I'm happy living away from everyone so um blessings honestly i wouldn't go as far as to say that there are blessings uh I, it's mostly not great things um or silver are, linings, whatever. Well, I think the 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 mRNA technology, the advancement, the advancement there, um, yeah. and and the it's not a blessing, obviously, because it's fighting the thing that we need to fight. But the vaccines, even with people who don't get vaccinated, and even with the fact that herd immunity might be unattainable now, um, we still have the vaccine which protects us from uh, that that pandemic. You know, as Bad as things are, if we didn't have the vaccine, it would be <laughs> obviously, you know, with the, the contagion levels of the Delta variant, it, we would all have the, the, you know, we would all be sick, right? It, it yeah. would have spread already through the whole world. And now we're still at levels that are manageable. And, and the, what we're looking at, even with the people who don't want to get vaccinated, 
is enough people are, and I'm sure it will continue, hopefully, um, enough people are that the the um, the progression of the pandemic has slowed down a little bit. And even if the, the if COVID is there to stay, uh, hospitals have the bandwidth to deal with the extreme cases because they're uh, less numerous and uh, and less severe in in many cases. So I'm still somewhat a little bit maybe optimistic. I think. Well, here's here's my silver lining. I think the one big thing that has come out of it, this has been the the cultural conversation around mental health has taken a huge leap forward. Mm. Obviously, still not where I want it to be, but I feel like we've never been closer to really battling the stigma around mental health and getting people to just have a conversation about it because everybody <laughs> is learning what many people feel like on a day-to-day basis because mm-hmm. of the isolation and everything that they've been going through. I have to say that's something that seems uh, I, I see a lot in uh, English speaking circles in the US, especially, but not as much in France. Mental health is still like we don't even like the term mental health in French would be santé mentale, which which has a connotation of craziness, you know, like sure. that that kind of thing. And uh, I was it's funny, I, I did an editorial in for my French shows just a few uh, days ago talking about the, the challenges of, you know, the, all of the, you know, I'm that uh, that other meme of waves in the script, like all around to all of this, like the challenges of all of this and having children and the, the job that being an independent, you, you don't have, you know, you don't stop, uh, you don't have paid times right. time off, stuff like that. And I was talking about mental health and and that's what I was talking about. It was like in France, we don't really talk about it. Like it's not a topic of conversation. So I feel like in that aspect, uh, the U.S. is a little bit more advanced than we are at this stage. But uh, things are are changing here as well. Let me ask a question, though. Uh, If people are talking more about it, if if it's more uh, visible to uh, the public, is there also enough help for people who seek help? Does your yeah. healthcare system uh, is, is like that's your healthcare a, system? Able that's a trap. So, I mean, that's obviously, a trick the, health, question yeah. the healthcare system hasn't changed, obviously, right? <laughs> no, but, no, no, um, no, no, that's not a trick question because I was going to say um, there has been a lot of talk in Germany about this as well. But even if you recognize, yes, I am depressed, I have problems, I need help. You still have to wait a very long time to get help because there are still not enough healthcare professionals for uh, psychology and te- therapy. That's uh, I, well, and that's I the main the issue. I think the remote there. working issue um, is poised to revolutionize that. It may like it's it's poised. It doesn't mean it's going to happen, but I think the fact that you know everyone's we're on Zoom calls, everyone wants a telehealth here and they were taking all of their like from their regular doctor's appointments to their psychiatry appointments all over the internet um i think moving to a place where that is the norm and that becomes acceptable and um and insurances hopefully you know obviously have to pay for it but um i think i think we're finally we're seeing sort of the possibilities i I obviously am pessimistic that it'll necessarily come to fruition, but there is a world, a future that could happen where, you know, you don't, you know, if you live in rural areas, you actually have access to a ton of healthcare providers, whereas all the healthcare providers in the United States, um, they're centered in, 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 you know, in urban centers. And as you start to get out towards the rural areas, you, you're, I mean, you're getting prescriptions for like antipsychotics or whatever from your local family medicine doctor. And Mm. it is weird. (laughs) I I will say also that I think like professional health treatment is obviously something that is needed in, in some cases. But it's also important to remember that the awareness of issues of mental health doesn't necessarily lead to professional help for everything in all cases. I think there's a lot of you know, the, the the considering mental health in the same way that you consider body health in in that, you know, you exercise and you pay attention to what you eat, maybe. And, you know, it's just self-care. 
And in the case of mental health, it, it can be, okay, I need to take breaks. I, I shouldn't work nonstop all the time, or I should make sure that I, you know, uh, uh, go do something fun every once in a while. That kind of uh, realization, of course, not discarding the importance of, um, you know, socialized medicine and, and professional help, but um, noting that it's, it, it, that's step two, I feel, or, or one of the two steps mm -hmm. you have to take. The other is also very important. Um, yeah. Absolutely. All right. Uh, let's talk about the other fun topic. I, don't, I haven't made a decision on how I feel on the first one yet, so let's do the second one. Uh, <laughs> the, the, so, yeah, Afghanistan. Um, where to even begin? I, so I'll start here. Um, my wife, as I think many other people in the world, were very depressed at uh, what happened in the past couple of weeks. Very depressed. Um, and her... The way she summarized it, like the most important thing to come out of it, out of... Um, obviously, you know, not discounting the, the issues that the Afghan people themselves are, are facing and are going to have to face uh, for the foreseeable future, is the fact that no one will trust the U.S. again. Um, and that might be surprising as a takeaway from some, for some, but it's, it's kind of... Wait, they trust them in the first place? There was, yes, you know, as cynical as, as people can be, um, there are, there's still the, the feeling that the U.S. not quite can be trusted, but at least will act in it, the interest of it and its allies. And what it feels like now is they're going to say something and they're going to... and. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, cynical people are going to say, oh, but uh, you could never trust the U.S. to begin with. And uh, what, did, what kind of idiot are you that you did? Or, but, but I think that's a, a, a loaded view. I think there is... A, a, I'm not going to get into that. The, the, it, it did exist, that sentiment that, well, if they, if they say something, they're going to stick to it. And, and at least you can... Because this is... Here's where it comes from for my wife and, and for some people. I think it, it, it is a sentiment that is stronger for some people who are in certain situations. And for my wife and people in Finland, it relates, of course, as do most things in the geopolitical arena, to Russia. Um, because mm -hmm. if the U.S. shows up and stands at its ground, then you can trust that at least the U.S. will... Um, will will you know stand up to russia and if they don't as they have withdrawn from afghanistan um there's always the danger that russia poses is that little bit bigger um and so there's there's i've been talking about this on and off on the show but uh finland is in the process of buying something like 60 fighter planes which is a ridiculous amount for the, the <laughs> size of the country. Um, but that is to make sure that, you know, you carry a big stick even when you speak softly um, mm -hmm. with, with, with Russia. And, and of course, it's not for Russia. It's not, oh, no, of course. You know, it's just, well, we need a strong defense just, just in case. Who knows? Um, and now there was a um, discussion about getting American planes or... Uh, I think France was in the running as well, and Sweden is also in the running. And it seems like now American planes are out of the of the conversation, or will be, because you can't trust them to you know do things like send the spare parts. And like you don't know, you just you, you just don't know, you just can't uh, trust them. And of course, Sweden has a vested interest in making sure that. Finland doesn't become Russia because then Russia is at the door of Sweden. Uh, so in that way, you can trust them a little bit more. But so not to discount the importance of what's happening in Afghanistan for Afghanistan, of course, this is kind of, I think, a feeling that is felt in a lot of places. 
and the debacle of of the retreat from Afghanistan is, um, you know, there's. But what is the debacle of the retreat? Is it the retreat or is it how it's happening? Like, it, what what should be in like in in your wife's mind? Like, what what should be the path forward? Is it America colonizes? You know, or I would maybe want people would say continues to colonize Afghanistan. Like what, what should we be doing differently? So that's the interesting thing, right? Because there's no easy, good solution. Um, right. And, and I think the argument, um, the logical argument is, well, America went in to get bin Laden. And, and that was the goal. It, it's not like Iraq where the going in was you know, at the very least questionable, Afghanistan was yeah. was justified. It, it was hosting, it, you have to remember, and it's crazy that some people might listen to this show and not have been alive when it happened, but, you know, oh, God. the 9-11 the, the attack was something that could not go unanswered. And so, yeah. of course, that happened and Afghanistan was was where he was. And so the the, the country was invaded essentially or the war started and the reality is if you stay it's essentially nation building which is a fancy word of saying colonizing right but not really but it's nation building but the thing is i think the the those things are both true and no one wants a country to be colonized nowadays well not no one but you see my meaning but the reality of, the, of it is, if you go in, even if it is to get bin Laden, then you have to stay, not for 10 years, not for 20 years. You have to stay for 50 years. And once you're certain things are stable and you have built a, a functioning democracy, then you can leave. And of course, there's no guarantee that you can build a functioning democracy. And we've seen how it's gone in, you know, all many different places but and still yeah, this went in less than a month yeah yeah but yeah. so what's your what's your your take on it because it, what i'm seeing is might it might be uh biased but i'm seeing a lot of people very unhappy with biden and and specifically for this move yeah i mean i i think everyone wants to this is everyone's unhappy like that's in the end it's like if if we stay we're unhappy and, and if we if we leave we're unhappy um I, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> like, I really don't know. And, and I try to sift through the political BS that is mired in with the news um, and, and try and figure it out. And, and the best, the best that I can tell is this is a problem that w- was created, you know, basically in, uh, uh, you know, right after nine 11, when, when our, government our congress gave the president carte blanche to go to war forever with no oversight like like there's nothing and and we've been there doing these things ever since with no you know realm of you know no like possibility or even thought of of really stopping it and um there was an article i don't particularly like this uh uh uh, newspaper, but the the New York Post, which is fairly right leaning, had a a sort of editorial by a general, um, sort of talking about what went over there, and basically his point was that we he suggested that we should have had a tax like from the beginning and funded the war through a tax on the American public and keep the American public actually essentially connected and paying directly for this, so that there's some level of accountability. Um, and, and so that, so there is the realm of, we should have gotten out of the sooner or no matter what, what we made those, the choices that we made in that first year have made this inevitable and had made the exit as horrible as what's happening now, pretty much what was going to happen. Mm. Um, so just to, just to, uh, I don't know, just to quickly address what you, your concept, uh, or not concept, but, but the, the statement of, uh, like 50 years, like, I, I don't know, that sounds scary as crap. And it's like, okay. It, 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 how do we choose between going back in time and fixing how we got here <laughs> or waiting 50 years and hope that it we meet some threshold that no one can even define? Yeah. 
well, we're already 20 years in, so there was only 30 left. It would have been very easy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, honestly, seeing how it's evolved in the past 20 years, I don't know that 30 more would have would have helped. And that's also the reality of, of yeah. the situation. But one thing that's interesting in what, in what you're saying is, Um, I, and it's pretty obvious, but I'm wondering how the perception of this is in the U.S. It's a it's a money issue, right? Like the war, the the continued occupation is costing a lot of money, and that's what's prompting the the you know the withdrawal. Um, I I wouldn't say it's a money issue. I, I think the uh, the comment about making putting a tax paying. I mean, obviously you have to pay for this, but. It's the I think the comment of that this general made about taxing the American public specifically for the war is to keep them connected and keep them caring yeah. about it. Um, and and that's the thing we, we it's just something it's what well, one of the YouTubers I watch um, uh, every now and then for an interesting perspective. And this is like, what is it? Bo of the fifth column. Um who's a bit of an a bit of an anarchist, uh, an ex-military contractor. Um Uh, but uh, you know he 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 talks about the the inevitability of this, um, and and he he describes it as he he never says Afghanistan, he just says over there, mm. um, and that pretty much defines how the American public thinks about it. We're not connected to it, and it's over there, and we see our losses, and I think the American public sees our losses in terms of uh, dead American soldiers. Um, and and not necessarily in money, although I'm sure some think about the money of how much money we're pouring into uh, you know other worlds instead of you know uh, uh, you know giving money to other countries instead of spending it on ourselves when we have problems of our own that sort of thing. Matthias, how's it uh, talked about in in Germany? Actually, I have a question for you, or better, actually, I have a question for your wife. But since she since <laughs> she isn't here, I have to ask you. Uh, because you said um, that uh, people in Finland and other countries are now now afraid that uh, the U.S. W won't be there for them, or and is that really something new though? Because uh, if I think back to the last 20 years, uh, that's not really a new sentiment, is it? Remember that uh, at least I don't know for Finland, but at least for Germany and France. Um, remember that Donald Rumsfeld called uh, that the old Europe and the one you don't rely on and the don't, the one who doesn't don't matter anymore. So, is that really something that's just now obvious? Uh, I don't think it's a precise sentiment. It's not like oh, there is this thing that will happen and this thing happened and in this case they did this, but. Um, There's the the feeling maybe, especially here where you're so close to to Russia still, and you know I know I t I'm talking to a German uh, about this, but during the Cold War, um, the U.S. was very much. It, it's interesting. I, I've been listening to a fascinating series. It's in French uh, about the '80s, and uh, what it there is a, a big part on um on Ronald Reagan and how he approached the fight uh, the cold war and the fight against against communism um yep. and that i think is still it, it can't leave the mind of some people in certain age groups i guess and it mm. was the us versus you know the ussr and so in that context if something happens There is the sentiment that the international community, probably led by the UN and the US, um, you know, actually would not let something happen, um, even if it might have been contradicted anecdotally here and there um, in, in the past 20, 30, 50 years. It's not like we think, oh, we can golly gee, it's so great that we have the U.S. by our side because we can always count on our good friends in, the U in America. That's not the kind of naive sentiment. But the, 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 the withdrawal from Afghanistan is like, when people were going in, everyone was thinking, well, this is going to be a shit show. And, and once you put your finger in it, you can't take it out. 
because then the floodgates open. And I don't know. I don't know, man. You're, you're, it's just the way. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't want to spoil no, the it's... mood again. No, I feel no, like there's an not... analogy here, though. Like, is there, is there this sentiment, like, uh, I don't know, this is horrible, but like, like, like the U.S. is some sort of um, alcoholic dad who's sober now, but every, but like, it's that, like, are they gonna go back to their old ways, or, 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 or they've just been unreliable, or maybe they're a deadbeat dad, and it's just like we don't <laughs> trust them, and we keep hoping, and we, we don't, we're not gonna let go of that relationship, but we are also resentful <laughs> of that relationship at I, the same time. I wouldn't go that far. I, th I think there's, I think there's a sentiment in Europe that is very anti-American. Um, in because of what we've learned, you know, all of the real politics things and and the uh, things that the the um, NSA and 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 CIA right. and all of those you know manipulations and things. When it came out, uh, it, when it became more clear, maybe in the nineties and around that time. Um, that this was okay, happening. So you're talking like Cold War, uh, Cold World, Cold War uh, era stuff versus yeah. like Snowden era stuff. Yeah, yeah, Cold War, Cold War era, um, and and but but I guess Snowden uh, factors into it as well. But I think it eroded uh, the trust in in the U.S. to an unreasonable extent in some people, and I think uh, you'll tell me if I'm wrong, uh, Matthias, but I, I feel like you're of the opinion that, well, you can never trust the US about anything for anything and fuck them, kind of. Maybe I editorialized a little bit at the end there, um, but I, I, I think that is, an, an uh, you know, it goes to the other extreme. Obviously you can't trust them for everything all the time, but also it's not like, it's not like they're this big, evil empire to to you know use another regan phrase uh but it's not like they're they're completely evil and they do things just to be bad and they only well, love money and they they shower we don't with, do anything with, to be bad right we just do things in our interest which maybe yeah, aligns with yours exactly exactly and it feels like in this case it is so condemning the 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 the, the, the afghan people like it it's it's it it's almost objectively immoral if that makes sense and again this is me you know it's like yes it's an impossible situation yes you it wasn't the goal when you first started this war and yes if you stay you might have to stay for 30 years but if you leave this is what happens and this is like factual yeah. this is what happens and people are going to die and be victimized and this and 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 so even though that choice is very difficult the consequences you know them before you you withdraw and you still decide to withdraw and the consequences are what they are so you bear some responsibility for it i, I don't know mm -hmm. if that makes it you know more clear or better or, or worse but that's why it feels worse than other things that matthias might have you know might be thinking about I, I really just want to know, like, like from like my perspective as like, okay, our president made this choice essentially again, right? Like he could have reversed Trump's yeah. decision, his deadline, all of that. And I really want to know, and we probably won't know until after he's out of office and writes a book or whatever. Um, I want to know what the conversation was of like, and why, like, what is the decision of like, why not stay? And is it because, well, the hard decision was already made and we all know this is the right decision, quote unquote. And, uh, but it's just not the politically, uh, convenient decision to make, but Trump made it. So we're going to just not do anything about it. I, I mean, it is Biden's decision to not reverse it right he could I know, but it, I totally agree. <laughs> it falls on his head, but yeah, Matthias, what, you... But when it comes to the, uh, you mentioned the opinion on of on the U.S. from a European perspective, and I think mm -hmm. it's it's an up and down and up and down uh, a bit. But uh, what's different from the Cold War era is the looming threat of the Soviet Union and the U.S. as your last line of defense when it comes to uh, protecting against the U.S. Because even during the Cold War, there were a lot nice of uh, times. There. Sorry? 
you, you said protecting against the U.S., which I thought was a lovely Freudian slip. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> against the USSR. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. So, um, but even during the Cold War, even when you had this uh, positive so-called aspect that uh, the U.S. will always be there to defend you. There were always times when people were, had uh, low opinion on the U.S., for example, during mm. Vietnam and stuff like that. Of course. But right. uh, since the uh, Cold War ended, this background sympathy, I, I don't know how to call it, but this, this last line uh, is no longer there. And uh, since it's a complicated and changing world, it's always an up and down so uh, during George W. Bush's reign, it was a low point. Then the Obama came, it was a bit better. Then Trump came, low, 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 low point. <laughs> and now with Biden, it's getting a little bit better. But it's always an up and down for me, at least. Uh, or that's the, um, and, and that's not necessarily only the Democrat-Republican line, dividing line for some people. Uh, that might be, but in this case, it's, it's mostly that uh, the policies are uh, different in this mm. regard. And uh, the um, mission in Afghanistan was never a very popular popular one in Germany. But it was. But at least this one we took part in. And then you remember when in two thousand three, when the U.S. invaded Iraq, Germany and France said, "No, we don't join yeah. you in this." Uh, mission. That's a difference. Yeah, that's that's why that's why I I I said earlier it's very different from Iraq. The, the Afghanistan was justified uh, in the eyes of many people, whereas Iraq was, well, as we've learned with certainty uh, afterwards, was absolutely not. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I think it's more as we've established. I think it's more um, difficult to have a, a final opinion on it than it is when you have your gut reaction. But the, what, I, what I end on when I think about it is, you know, there was military presence and, and the withdrawal of that presence is having the consequences that we, we've seen. And that is unescapable. So, and that, you know, I mean, you know, it's easy for me to say now. I, I'm, if I was asked, you know, would you give up this for to save the Afghan people? I would be like, well, yes, cool. Just I can, you know, I, I, I don't get a, a new. It's a completely random thing, but like, if you give up your comforts, like your next iPhone, you don't get it, and the Afghan people are safe. Okay, cool. And then it's like, okay, but now there are issues in this country and this country, and that like you can't save everyone. I don't know where I'm going with this, but it's it feels like um, it's easy to get not outraged. That's not the, to 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 get despaired over this when I don't have stakes. I guess like I don't know. I don't know. Um, all right, let's let's talk about. Do, do you guys have other topics that you want to bring up um, before I just we finish the to show? Add something. Oh, uh, go ahead. It's interesting that you, as a Frenchman, are actually so positive about the U.S. because historically France wasn't very keen on uh, working with uh, the U.S. Uh, in uh, I'm, I'm remember De Gaulle and uh, all of that. So uh, it's just interesting I mean, that you are so positive. I'm, I think I'm more realistic than many people are. That's how I like to think of myself. Um, but, you know, France not being a friends, friends of the US is, is certainly has some truth to it. But also, like I could end the sentence there, but also, like we work with the US all the time. We have a lot of exchanges. Like we're, we're, I think we're, you could well, say that about Germany. Your people right? and your government, right? Yeah, not even like there's this this like latent sentiment that oh the the Americans the U.S. and then you listen to American rap, you watch American movies, you you are permeated by the culture that you appreciate. It's not like oh they're invading us and we hate them. It's like yeah, the the, the kids who will you know spit on America, I, maybe they don't do that, but then they'll turn around and and listen to I don't know who the the you know 
the, the kids listen to these days, but uh, <laughs> American rappers. And, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say like The Weekend and, and you know, the, I don't know, R. Kelly. Valid. Is that 10 years ago? Oh, um, ooh, ooh. Oh, bad, bad these days. Very bad. Yeah, okay. Um, Jay-Z and uh, Doja Cat and, it, you know, that kind of people. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so... <sighs> I don't know. I think there's. It's easy to hate America, and <laughs> to to maybe put a bow on it. It's easy to hate America, but you wouldn't want it gone. Like, you know, mm. if it wasn't there, things wouldn't be as as. And again, you were talking about the goal, Matthias. You know, when he showed up in you know when he gained prominence in in the French political scene. It, It, he wouldn't have been there without the U.S. And I think that is something that uh, some of those people are happy to forget until they need to remember it. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I'll be curious to see how Biden is remembered. Maybe he was like, okay, let's do it early in the presidency. We have to do it. Otherwise, we'll be there for 50 years. Let's do it now. Uh, and within the like midterms, we'll have done something else that people will like. So, yeah, we have very short memories. Mm. How about another topic? If you have one, um, I I I'm spent personally. Like, I think that's the difference with even a couple of years ago, and 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 when you were on the show, John, before it's like. Mm -hmm. Thinking about all of these things takes up all of our energy, <laughs> and and it's like you have COVID and Afghanistan and the threat of Russia, which is deteriorating, and Navalny being you know taken away, and you have China, which is reverting to some things, and you have like the sexual harassment issues in the video games industry, which is world shattering as well for some people. And like, it's, uh, I meant to ask you about that, but we won't talk about it. Yeah, let's not. I, I spent like two weeks talking about it on Twitter and on all of my shows. Um, go listen to pixels. If you want to know what I, what I think about it. Um, and on top of French. all of this, And on top of all of this, there's also the threat of climate change. Oh, so, right. That, right. <laughs> all right. All right. Come on. Come no, on. You know, that, that was part of it, of course, Matthias. Like, it's, it's completely part of it. And, uh, and it's not even the threat. It has, it has it is been the... in the news so much the yeah. last, last few months. I mean, here yeah. in Germany, yeah. we had the huge floodings. There are wildfires all over the place. Siberia is burning. The North Pole is darkened by uh, smoke from Siberia. Uh, there was the hottest ever recorded temperature in, uh, was it Italy? Or I think yeah. it was Sicily, yeah. And uh, like the US is uh, fire, wildfires in the US, flooding in the US, hurricane. Him, in blood pressure is spiking. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so let's... I have, I have a local, I have a local story. There you uh, go. In my go local ahead. town, in my town, I just read an article because I before this, I was like, all right, what's actually going on locally? And uh, I just read that uh, a company called Pet Suites is opening up a new uh, 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 building or whatever operation in our town. And so we're getting a big like boarding daycare and training facility for our pets. Um, <laughs> and uh, we need it because um, uh I I can talk more at this length privately or, or separately or wherever, but the 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 it's been very interesting to watch the impact, the actual mental health impact on our pets um, <laughs> that COVID has had. Um, uh, us being around more, they become more nervous. They become like if we leave it all, like they start freaking out and barking like they never had before, stuff like that. So we've got to start getting them more used to being away from us and mm. as we start to get back to some level of normal um and uh yeah so I'm, i'm looking forward to um uh not having to to watch them non-stop and have them yell at me literally one of them <laughs> is just taken to screaming at me all day that's it all day that, long that sounds uh incredibly familiar from three years ago <laughs> with my son uh I'm trying to think. Except of... this doesn't go away. 
Right. <laughs> I mean, a shorter lifespan, sure, but it's, uh, I, it, they don't grow up. <laughs> that does make sense. Um, yeah, I thought it was going to be a positive thing. Uh, I guess it isn't. I know, it just went, turned back around. No, but it's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, it's pets. yay. We're going to get them out of the house. They're going to see other dogs. They're going to socialize more. It's going to be Fantastic. great. Interesting question, though, uh, because that has been a news report over here a lot. Um, did you guys also have, in real respected countries, uh, the trend that since everyone was at home and in lockdown and working from home, that a lot of people got pets and now they want to get rid of them? Because oh, God. They, uh, they oh, realize man. Uh, Come on, man. I, I, I thought you were going to stop after the, a lot of people got pets and they're so happy <laughs> yeah. and it's helping their <laughs> mental nice? health. No, no. no. Uh, no, no, the euthanasia <laughs> rates have spiked. Blah blah blah. Oh, come on, I, I was the most fatalistic conversation I've ever had. <laughs> All right, Matthias. Now your job is to find <laughs> one good thing to say to end the show. Yes, I have another thing, but I'm not sure if it's positive. Well, it's positive if you like podcasts. I have a podcast you could listen to. It's not a fun topic, but at least you have a new podcast to listen to. Okay, let's go because, with that. Uh, uh, you might remember that in 2017, there was a news report about a German army officer posing as a refugee and planning to commit terrorist attacks in order to undermine the society and destabilize the political system. But uh, before he could execute his plans, he got arrested because he, he had stashed a gun at an airport and that was found accidentally. And uh, we even briefly talked about this here on the show back when it was the, broke the news. But... Um, since it was only very fresh back then, there weren't many details known. But uh, in May this year, the trial uh, of this officer has started. And the New York Times actually launched a podcast about him, uh, his terrorist plot and the surrounding far-right scene, and even got to interview him and talk to him about what he was planning. So uh, if you're interested in hearing more about this, uh, you could check it out. It's called Day X, and you can probably find it wherever you listen to podcasts. And it's in English, so if you want to hear more about this, that might be a new podcast you can listen to. Day X. Yes, because uh, the Day X, um, the prepper scene and the terrorist group over here was planning for a supposed Day X where everything bad would happen, like uh, the government would fall and everything, and that's their event they mm. were planning for. So the New York Times took that as their title for the podcast. All right, Day X. You know what? I also have a podcast to recommend, um, and it's in keeping with my... Um, my pushing of the idea that facts matter and that you need to be knowledgeable about what is actually happening. Um, the podcast is called, and I forgot the name of the podcast. Damn it. Wait a second. I'll find it. Um, uh, I'll find it right now. I'm finding it right now. Um, it is called Rationally Speaking. Um, it's a really great show, and I would recommend in particular uh, the episode about um, about Uber and Lyft um, that, that, that has three interviews with different people who have um, studied the topic and whether or not the, the companies are exploiting the drivers or not. And, and it's really fascinating because it doesn't go at it with an angle. It, it, it explores its biases very uh, consciously and, and questions itself and, you know, the, the opinions of each person very uh, uh, openly. And I think that is the kind of, of mindset that we need um, and that we, we, you know, would benefit from definitely. So, um, yeah, it, I would recommend you listen to Rationally Speaking. The podcast with Julia Galef is the researcher and book uh, author that, uh, that edits it. Rationally Speaking. All right. Uh, unless anyone else has anything positive to say, um, there are good things in the world. There are many good things yeah. still. We're surviving. We'll, we'll make it. Um, and uh, we have fun video games and movies 
and and stuff. Watch Ted Lasso. I, I think if you haven't seen Ted oh, Lasso. Oh, so good. Matthias, have you ever watched Ted Lasso? Nope. Okay. This is your assignment for whatever next time is. Watch Ted Lasso. It it's, will make uh, your life better. Apple TV Plus. Yes. Just to be aware. Uh, I, you're, you probably hate Apple. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> Yes, because Apple is surveilling us. I hate Apple. Yes, and so you use an Android device from Google who is not surveilling us. Um, no, but I mean, if you find your a way to get your hands on, on the Ted Lasso uh, show, I assure you it will, it will make your life better. Um, yep. Okay, so uh, describe it for everyone listening who doesn't know what Ted Lasso is. I do not want to because it's better left as a surprise. Oh, uh, not... you could... I... Yeah, you could give like the the like because the first well, episode it's in the first five seconds, which is okay. basically a coach. I don't, I don't even remember what he coached, but um, like a football coach who like had a big an American comeback in football States. coach. Yep, American uh, an Amer an American American football coach, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, uh, the um, uh, uh, basically had this big comeback. It gets hired by a football. Uh, uh, team in uh, uh, in the UK uh, to to be their new coach, uh, and he's never even played uh, in the American vernacular soccer. Um, <laughs> and comedy ensues. And it's not the thing. The reason I don't want to dis describe the show is that some people might think, "Oh, sports, I don't like it. You know, it's not for me. Football, I don't care." I, I assure you, it, it the the brilliance of the show has nothing to do with football and mm -hmm. it is you know i think it's the only show i've ever seen which makes you feel good it's oh, not it's so positive it's not funny like it's not going to amuse you like a comedy would and you'll feel better because you're laughing that's not what it is it makes you feel good like you feel happy when you watch it please yeah. watch ted lasso right John, like All you right. agree, it's it's yes. incredible. Yes, absolutely. It's yeah. I did not know what to expect. I watched it because it was like twenty seven Emmys or something ridiculous, <laughs> and I was like, okay, what's happening? And I binged the first season straight into the second season. It was yeah. so good. All right, so Matthias, we'll, we'll be waiting to see uh, what you think if you manage to to watch it. All right. And that's going to be it uh, for the show. Thank you so much, John and Matthias, for being with me and uh, keeping me somewhat sane. If we want to uh, find you on the internet, uh, where would we go? I'm going to ask John first. Uh, I mean, I don't even hardly use like Twitter or any of the social networks anymore other than occasional Facebook for some stuff. But I will plug one thing. Um, in my spare time, I am... Uh, producing and editing and also being on it uh, uh my wife's uh, youtube channel uh which is a about uh smart dolls which are basically like two foot tall anime like doll slash action figures okay um and uh that is my lady disdain uh on on youtube um it's really interesting stuff uh if you're interested in anime or uh, dolls or collecting stuff, whatever. We did a, a whole Supergirl unboxing thing there. It was a lot of fun. Okay, cool. My Lady Disdain uh, on YouTube. Excellent. Yep. Uh, thank you, John. What about you, Matthias? If you want to talk to me about all the stuff that is fine, you can find me <laughs> on Twitter at, at Matzekult, M-A-T-Z-E-K-U-L-T. And if you're using Mastodon, you can find me under the same handle on this um, instance, chaos.social. Perfect. Aptly named also. Uh, chaos.social. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> for me, it's not Patrick on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. But most of all, if you want to support the show, uh, you can do so on Patreon. Patreon.com slash The Phileas Club is where you would go. The people who do that have shown, according to independent verified studies, a significant increase in uh, happiness for supporting cool 
content, maybe. Um, that oh, might not you be had true. it there. You're so close. Oh, well, so close. You just had to uh, commit to it all the way to the end. <laughs> but uh, if you do it, I guarantee that you might not regret it. Uh, Patreon.com slash The Phileas Club. This is how the show is uh, put together, is, is uh, financed. This is how I eat and feed my children. Um, so if you appreciate what we do here, Patreon.com slash The Phileas Club. Thank you so much, and we will be back, hopefully, uh, in a few weeks. Talk to you then. Bye. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.